it's society. We we reward busyness. Hmm. Like look at anyone's social media feed, probably mine included. You know, it's it's about look what I've done, look what I'm doing, look what I'm about to do. You know, and I would say there's very few pictures on Instagram of people half on and half off the couch. Welcome to the Social Fabric Podcast with me, Andrea Splendori, and this week my guest is Dermot Whelan. This episode was recorded at the Whale Theatre on the 16th of November 2023 and it's called Will the Real Dermot Whelan Please Stand Up? This is part two of two. Please subscribe, share and review. It's the only way podcasts like this have a chance to survive. For more information and more episodes, please visit socialfabric.ie. The title tune is Happy and Shiny by the Roundabouters. So, where were we? Um, yeah. Now, where were we? Cognitive dissonance. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Fiona, Fiona Brennan. <laughs> she, uh, Fiona Brennan came up with that cognitive dissonance. <laughs> so, gut and brain. Now, you decide to make this change. First of all, if you haven't read Dermot's book, uh, I don't normally bother reading books that people are talking to, but I decided to read yours. <laughs> um, because I thought uh, it looked like, I th- they looked like there was a lot of pictures in it when I looked at the cover, but no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I made the font big. You though, made the so font yeah. big, yeah. No, it was really good. I really enjoyed the book, and I spoke to a couple of people here. Um, what I really enjoyed about was it was really s- to the point. You were talking about mindfulness and meditation, but it was was very funny as well. But now you wrote the book and you're now going into this journey of mindful, which is basically becoming your brand, really, isn't it? Mindful, you're you're doing shows. Tell us a bit more, because you do the shows on your own. Big big audiences, you you kind of sold out last summer. Um, Quite a few venues doing your... Tell us a bit of the mindful shows. What are they all about? Um, I guess they're a culmination of my life experience, I think, over the last 15 years or so. Um, It wasn't something that I just sort of dreamt up in the last couple of years and went, wellness seems cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I had a panic attack on the way to a comedy festival back in the noughties, and um, that kind of woke me up a little bit to, you know, how I was possibly managing the stress that all the wonderful challenges that I enjoyed bringing on to myself, um, you know, were giving me. So I had to find another way of navigating it rather than uh, pints and Marlboro lights, (laughs) Um, which was good crack, you know, but uh, (laughs) there's a reason they don't sell that stuff in pharmacies. Um, But uh, yeah, so I ended up meeting a woman quite by chance who who was teaching meditation to the guards. And, you know, I had definitely had a lot of preconceptions about meditation. Maybe some people here do as well. But um, and I think that's because it tends to be. um, I do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. That's why Uh, I have you here so we can sort it out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I think people do because it's been marketed in in a very particular way, you know, since it hit the Western world and a lot of people can't relate to that, you know, and, and I didn't relate to it at the beginning. And that, I guess that's why I wrote my book was because I, when I wanted to find a book that I could relate to, I couldn't. Um, I found a lot of ones that were like either really spiritual or, or really academic, you know, mm. and um, I just thought, well, look, why, why isn't it just, you know, anyone making this stuff simple and just there was so much jargon and then if, if I wanted to learn meditation, I had to possibly, you know, join up something and go for eight weeks and meet up in a weird hall and, <laughs> y- you know, and get a secret mantra and pay a lot of money, you know. Apparently, and I, Cavan is a place where all that stuff happened. Cavan? Well, a lot of weird stuff <laughs> happens in Cavan. <laughs> I actually did go on a Buddhist retreat in uh, Cavan, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh... Yeah, so, you know, I, I, then I ended up um, going to, uh, ironically, I, you know, I thought that stuff is a whole lot of, that's all Californian, you know, for hippie types who cover themselves in hummus every day. Um, and then, ironically, ended up training in California with a load of hippies uh, to become a meditation teacher. But 
I guess I was very drawn to a chap called David G. Uh, I just stumbled across him on, on um, internet radio of all places. And he, he made it funny, you know, and I, I, he was very spiritual, very knowledgeable, um, a former trader in the Twin Towers. Um, and then he completely changed his life and went down a completely different path. And I, I found myself belly laughing and I was like, I have never heard this stuff delivered with a smile, you know, mm -hmm. with a joke. Um, and it really resonated with me. And um, that's who I ended up training with uh, as, a, as a teacher. And that's kind of what I want to do. I want to present this stuff in a different way. Um, not that there's anything necessarily wrong with the way that's been presented before, but I just don't think that everyone can relate to it. You know, particularly men. There's a lot of us men who, you know, just don't get it and don't feel like there's, it's for them. You know, and uh, I think a lot of the times maybe you know the this, the spiritual or, or world of wellness can be presented with a very female slant, and that's obviously great. Um, but oftentimes even to a particular kind of female, you know. So I guess it's my goal is just to make this stuff as accessible as possible and that whether you're in a high-vis vest driving a digger or whether you're sitting in a boardroom or whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a teenager doing the leave insert, everyone should have access to this stuff and I guess that's what I try and do. So my live shows were an extension of the book in that it covers my, my own story um, through stand-up comedy then a bit like a, like a funny TED talk explaining what meditation is not and what it is. And, um, and then, then the audience is, is trying the techniques. And I think that's been the most special thing is that you can have a thousand people in a, in a theater and one minute they're all laughing their heads off and then the next they're all just beautifully serene and calm. And the feeling of when people leave the theater, you know, and they, they've had that sense of having laughed, but then also having gotten still um, is really nice, you know. And I, I, I don't think I would have been able to do this before because I needed to learn all the stand-up skills in terms of working with the energy of a room and bringing it up and bringing it down and having that confidence. Because normally, like, the worst thing you can do at a comedy gig would be take a deep breath and close your eyes. You know, <laughs> gig is over, you know. <laughs> And I, did, I remember trying it uh, years ago when I was just, I guess, moving into this and not really realizing that I was already beginning the journey of it. And I did that in Vicker Street and went, um, okay, just uh, everyone take a nice deep breath and close their eyes. And then I was like, oh my God, I've just killed the room. And all the other comedians at the side of the stage are like, what are you doing? <laughs> They're all going to sleep. Um, so... <laughs> So I guess to be able now to, to have the confidence to do that and bring people down and bring the energy down and then bring it back up again. And, um, you know, it's a really special thing. It sounds bonkers on paper. You know, when you say I mix meditation and stand up, people are like, what? But in a way, I, I don't think my job has changed that much. You know, I, I was always in the business. It was myself and Dave's mission was always every day was to leave people happier at the end of the show than they were at the beginning. That was always our goal. Um, you know, particularly when there were big things happening in the world, you know, that that was a space where they could just really relax and have a laugh, you know, in spite of uh, uh, and on top of whatever else was going on. So I still, I think I'm in the business of trying to make people feel happier, but just in a different way. Interesting. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure if that was the answer to your question, but... I can't remember the question, but he's not clapping, so we'll, we'll ask him. <laughs> we'll ask him in a minute what's wrong with him. But uh, <laughs> he's going to analyze the hell out of you. Yeah, be careful. He does. What, what fascinates me? You talked about David G. David G. David G. David yeah. G. And he was a trader, and then changed his life, and then you had a panic attack, and you kind of started. Is that necessary? Is that necessary to become? the teacher, the guru. No, and I know you're not a guru. I'm I know you don't not call, a guru. You don't look like one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you should grow a beard and stuff, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but uh, do you know me? Like, cause it's, it just seemed to be this thing. It always bothered me that, uh, you know, you have to go somewhere deep down before you can actually be out there. Do you feel that you needed to do that? 
Um, well, I guess I was kind of on that path, you know, the way I was living my life, you know, it was burning the candle at both ends and the wheels were going to come off. Mm. Um, and I had very little self-awareness. Any, any change in your life comes from self-awareness. That's the starting point where you start to go, oh, okay, when this happens, I tend to do this. And at that time, I just had no self-awareness, really, you know. But to answer your question, I, I don't think that. I, 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 you know, some of those kind of big events, the aha moments, as Oprah likes to call them, they look great on the back of a book. But for most people, there isn't a big mm. event. It's just uh, maybe a growing feeling over time mm. that maybe something might have to change or needs to change. Or, um, and, you know, I, I definitely like to reassure people, like, you don't have to have the big event. Mm. You know, that you can, because sometimes those big events is crisis, you know, and if we can avoid the crisis, why not, you know? So it's about introducing small things into your routine and into your day that hopefully will stop you from having to have one of those big moments that, mm. yeah, may lead to an interesting chapter in a book, but life would be a little bit simpler if you didn't have to be breathing into a brown paper Sentra bag in the back of an ambulance um, in Mullinavat like I was, uh, you know? Um, and I, yeah, I think sometimes people are put off by, well, I, I don't think I have, my life isn't sound as dramatic, so maybe there's nothing in this for me. Um, but of so course there is. I'm just laughing because I think, if I remember correctly, in your book you thought, am I going to die in Mullinavat? Yeah. <laughs> this is where it all happened, where I had the panic attack and I pulled the car over and uh, I'm gasping for breath um, at the end of a, a driveway of a Pebble Dash bungalow, um, you know, with the eagles on the pillar. Um, I know those, some of those people are here. <laughs> the absolute notions of you, like... And the bungalows always fall into bits. The eagles are on the pillar. <laughs> We're doing well for ourselves, look at us. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that, like I watch a lot of Viking TV shows and I, you know, those, they always die so, you know, heroically. <laughs> uh, lying in the driveway, you know, of a, a gaff in Mullinavat was not the heroic Viking death I had uh, planned for myself. <laughs> Well, it was a terrifying thing. I don't know if anyone's ever had a panic attack, but I, you know, I didn't know what was going on. They're, they're hard enough when you, when you know what's happening. But I was, what happens when you, when you start to, it's kind of self-fulfilling because you go, oh God, I don't feel well. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? Oh my God, and you're getting worried, then you start hyperventilating. And then if your carbon dioxide and oxygen levels get super skewy, your muscles can start to cramp up. So my hands went into kind of like T-Rex. <laughs> And my jaw and tongue. My Sorry for laughing. I know, it's about this. It's funny. My jaw and tongue cramped up, so I couldn't talk properly. So I was going like... And I got... My brother-in-law happened to be with me, and he's like freaking out at the side of the road. Going, I thought this was meant to be a fun weekend. Uh, <laughs> like, we haven't got there yet. And uh, I got it. I was like, ring Karina, ring Karina. <laughs> like the, the elephant man or something. And then uh, she picks up the phone and I'm like, <laughs> she's like, oh my God, are you drunk already? You only <laughs> left an hour ago. And uh, I was like, and I thought that was my last conversation with her. And then they were going to be, you know, the last words uh, <laughs> that she Look heard, the eagles. you know. As the, you know, the guy tried to carve them onto my tombstone, you know. But thankfully, a few puffs into a, a brown paper bag um, seemed to do the trick. <laughs> so for anybody that decides to drive to Mullinavash and, yeah. and, and have a panic attack, no, seriously, <laughs> what are the things to look out for, genuinely? Because I, I had never had a panic attack, thankfully. But what are the things to look out for? Or how... I think yeah, it's through different. your meditation, everything. What what do you suggest to people to do to, to avoid that? 
Uh, well, don't live the way I was living, you know. Um, I mean, it's quite extreme. That's the needle really going into red. That's, mm. you, you know, and if, I, if you think back, my body was probably sending me lots of signals over a long period mm. of time. Maybe I was getting some palpitations, mm. you know, at nighttime or, you know, I was exhausted. I was worn out, you know, and um, I think if you just, for me, I just didn't listen for so long. My body just went, do you know what? We'll take it from here, you know, <laughs> to the driveway with you. Um, <laughs> but I guess, you know, in the moment now, if something like that happened to me again, if I was particularly frazzled, it, it, it didn't happen after that. But I would know what is happening and I would have, you know, I'd be able to sort of calm my breathing and, because you always hear, you hear things like, you know, oh, take, a, take a big deep breath, that's what mm -hmm. you need. So if you're having a panic attack, the last thing you want to do is, <gasps> you know, that's not what you want, actually. It's the opposite. You want to do low, you know, low... Um, diaphragm. Light, slow and low breathing, yeah, with your mm -hmm. diaphragm. And I'll really slow your breathing down. But the, how do you say that to somebody who's having a panic attack? Loudly. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and he's thinking, he's thinking, my tombstone's going to be pebble dashed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, how you, how you, how do you say genuinely? I have no idea. What would you do? Um, I, I haven't been with someone who's had a panic attack, yeah. but I guess you know, all you're trying to do is is help them turn off that activated stress response, you know, and and any of those kinds of breathing techniques, where they're calming that system and and you know, activating that, you know, that parasympathetic nervous system um, will work, you know. Um, mm. It will certainly help anyway. Um, so for some of the people out there that think there's a lot of crap, right? <laughs> Just give us Thanks. a... Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours on a train for this. <laughs> no, I want you to go... I want you to that's go... That's a lot of crap. Good night. I, I want you to convince me that it's worth getting up in the morning and meditating. I read your book and I thought it was fabulous. I did actually follow the, the exercise as mm. I was reading. It was great. I thought that's a great way to read a book, do a bit of exercise. When, you know, I read in bed and, and I did most of them. But I just still can't do it. I can't be bothered to get up in the morning and do it, right? And I'm sure I'm mm. not the only one. I'm sure, you, there you go, there's another one there. <laughs> So, no, but genuinely, uh, what is the trick? And I know you make it very easy in the book, but what is the trick to, to make it part of, of, of our daily routine? Like you spent well, three hours on the train. Did you meditate a little bit? Did you mindfulness? I did, yeah, I did. Um, and I made a reel for my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it mindfully. <laughs> I was like, I am doing this, I'm in the present moment. But no, you said something interesting there, Andrea, in that, you know, I, I, I don't do it. Why, why do I need to do it? Um, mm. Well, you strike me as someone who possibly doesn't need to do it. Mm. Now, if you did do it, you would experience benefits. But, you know, I know that your life outside of this stage is a lot of it is about balance and, mm. and really, you know, actively creating that balance. Mm. And you've created a life that is busy on paper, but balanced. Mm. And I think it's for when we slip into a place where we do feel off kilter and we start to notice things that maybe our sleep is a little bit unpredictable and we're, uh, maybe you're falling asleep but you're waking up in the middle of the night. And f for me, I had 10 past three in the morning was my special time to be alive. Mm -hmm. um, I just knew that I was going to wake up at 10 past three and I didn't even have to look at the clock, you know. Um, and... You know, I, I liken it to, the reason for this is because I was spending a lot of my time in fight or flight. You know, that's your stress response activated. And a lot of us, you know, I, I compare to, I, I have an amp for my record player, and it's an old one, and it has an, a little needle on it, and the needle can be down in the, the white, or it can be up in the red. If you crank the gain, it's gonna be up in the red. And a lot of us spend a lot of our time with the needle in the red, are just underneath it. So if something happens, if there's a, a particularly acute stressor in the day, it doesn't take much for the wheels to come off, you know, and you might find yourself overreacting or freaking out or, um, you know, your emotions might be uh, all over the place or, 
maybe you're, you know, for me, it was asleep is, a, is an indicator for me, you know, mm -hmm. so I would wake up. But I, was, I, I liken fight or flight to Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. Um, some of you may have heard that before, but you know, Jon Snow in Game of Thrones was always up on his ice wall with all his weird buddies, you know, <laughs> worried about something, you know, and he'd do that Jon Snow face of, there's something out there, there's something over the wall. You know, and everyone's like, oh, what is it, John? He's like, I don't know. He's like, when's it coming? I don't really know. You know, I granted that is turning into Carnation Street. I do apologize. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering where John Snow was from. Yeah. <laughs> but how much better would that show have been, in fairness, if, if everybody was from Carnation Street? They're like, ooh, the White Walkers are coming. Quick. Everyone, into the knicker factory! <laughs> but, uh, You're on your own here. Yeah. I don't even remember what I was talking about now. Um, you were talking look, about knicker factory. Yeah, and I guess, you know, most of us... We're all doing our best, you know, and there's so much going on. And everyone expected that after, you know, COVID, we would just continue making banana bread for a living <laughs> and walking our dogs professionally. Um, but man, did it crank up. And particularly in the last year, it has gotten so busy. And basically, all I can see is that we are all just two things now, wrecked and busy. And we just go around. The national pastime now is just telling everyone how wrecked we are. I mean, how many times have you told someone today how wrecked you are? Or, or someone has told you. Maybe before you came out, are you going to this thing? I don't know, I'm wrecked. <laughs> no. And we're always confused because we didn't seem to do anything to justify how wrecked we are. It's like, I'm wrecked. I didn't even do anything last night. But we're constantly trying to gauge how we are, relate to other people in wrecked land. You know, I'm wrecked. Are you wrecked? How wrecked are you? I'm pretty. Yeah, yeah, I'm wrecked too. You know, and then the other thing is we're busy. Just mad busy. Oh, my God. How many times have you told someone today how busy you are? Or they've told you. Are you the busy person who tells everyone, you know, this is like, and we have so many ways of saying it, don't we? Just, oh, my God. You just ask someone, how are you getting on? Oh, my God, I don't know. I've... <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me, mad, I'm mad busy, crazy, crazy busy, oh my god, crazy busy, mad busy, up the walls, round the twist, chasing me tail, out the door, flat out, calm. <laughs> but then there's always a gap, as we realise that sounds particularly unhealthy. Uh, so then we'll go, oh my god, uh, uh, good busy. Mm. Good busy, yeah, yeah, and you're like, geez, that sounds like a really positive nervous breakdown you're having for yourself there. <laughs> How do I get in on this action? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, a lot of us are wrecked and busy and we don't know how to get out of it. Um, and a lot of that is because we feel like we have no space. You know, there's an ancient the Sanskrit word, akasha, which is one that always stuck with me, akasha. We don't have space or we feel like we have no space. It's just one thing rolling into the next, one duty after another. Um, and all we have to do is kind of look at our diary for the week, and a lot of the time there's nothing in there for us. Not even a half an hour marked out, mm -hmm. you know? It's always stuff for other people, generally our, our work-related stuff. So meditation can help you to create that space. In doing so, when you create that space and you kind of like open the curtain a chink and the light starts to come in, then you start to create a little bit of self-awareness. And then you maybe stop beating yourself up as much. And that was a massive thing for me, was that one of the benefits of it, because you're firing up your empathy center every time you do it, in practical terms, you have kinder thoughts towards other people, which is great, you're nicer to be around and you're more emotionally available for them. But most importantly, you are more prone to having kinder thoughts towards yourself. And that was massive for me because I used to beat the crap out of myself in my head. I just thought everyone did it. And I guess I grew up in a house, and many of you did too, where sort of talking to yourself loudly in the third person was seen as a, 
you know, was a good thing. You know, it was seen as, you know, holding yourself to account. You know, there'd be lots of, God's sake, you know, my brother was it's called Connor, he's famous for it, and he's like, Connor, God's sake, what are you doing, you Egypt? Well, like, all my siblings were going around telling themselves in the third person that they were Egypts a lot of the time. God's sake, you know, if you ever, has anyone here ever played golf? Or tennis, maybe? All you gotta do is just watch someone on a golf course and how they speak to themselves, and you'll, you'll get a little window into their inner dialogue. And it's all like, you know, they haven't played golf in six months, and they're like, oh, what are you doing, Barry, you Asian? You know, how? Like, you know, we expect ourselves to be Tiger Woods, you know, he just should be happy he's out in the fresh air. Um, but we're all Barry, you know, and um, I guess, you know, for me, it's a very powerful thing when you realize one day that that voice which has beaten you up consistently or has, was your number one critic for many, many years, decades even, when you realize that has actually shifted to being your number one supporter, then that's really powerful because now you feel like you're getting out of your own way. Mm. When you're talking about Barry playing golf, are, are we... <laughs> no, I can, I can picture him. Uh, but are we constantly looking for that, you know, the top, you know, need to perform, whether it's golf, work, everything? And we, is that what's going on? And we're just pushing. You mentioned earlier on, you know, one foot on the, on the brake and one foot on the, on the gas, just going, mm -hmm. going for it. Is that what we're doing? We're going for it. What, what, where is that coming from? Like, you, you work in quite a few companies at the moment. You're going in to do your gig, mm. you know, meditation and mindfulness, what do you see? What are these people doing that is pushing them to, to require you to go in, to sort them out? Well, I don't know if I'm going to sort them out, but hopefully I'll be able to help them, to make in, them happier. In, in some way. Um, it's society. We, we reward busyness. Mm. Like, look at anyone's social media feed, probably mine included. You know, it's... It's about, look what I've done, look what I'm doing, look what I'm about to do. You know, and I would say there's very few pictures on Instagram of people half on and half off the couch, you know, <laughs> with, with meanies on their chest, you know. You know, slaying it today, guys. You know, but well, but because resting is not rewarded. It's mm. not seen as, as something to be proud of. Getting after it is, you know, pushing yourself, fighting through the pain, feeling the fear, do it anyway, get out there, you know. Um, and as a result of that, free time or downtime or rest time, our, our allocating non-striving time is, is, I guess, is, is a forgotten trait. It's, it's not something that's rewarded and it's not something that's really respected generally speaking, in society, but also then it filters down to ourselves. And you can see it in kids. I see it in my own teenager now, you know, who's struggling, and he's in, he's in sixth year. It's not that the teachers are kicking, putting them under pressure. In fact, teachers these days are a hell of a lot more standoffish than our teachers were. They have less weapons, um, <laughs> which is nice. Um, but the kids are putting themselves under huge amounts of pressure mm -hmm. because they're, the vision of themselves that's being beamed back to them is, you know, optimizing your potential. That's, you know, maximizing your potential. Nobody wants to be like, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't absolutely eke every drop of my potential because that's what they're seeing is people you know, getting out there, getting after it, living up to the, ma living to the max, mm. you know, and as a result, we can put ourselves under huge, huge pressure, and, and we feel if we're a parent, you know, we're not doing enough of the work stuff, if we're doing the work stuff, we're not doing enough of the parent stuff, we're meant to be going to the gym, we're meant to be in great shape, we're meant to be going on amazing holidays, we're meant to be, you know, it, it's never ending, and that little yeah. should monster in our mind is running rampant, you know? You should be doing this, you should be getting up earlier. You should be giving yourself a lie-in. You know, you should, you should be going outside. You should be resting, what are you, uh, you know? It's, that, you'll never win an argument with that should monster, you know? And that brings me to the conversation we were having earlier on about the wellness industry. Mm. It just, uh, I think, it, and I know you're part of it, and there's a few, few of our friends are part of it. What is the wellness industry? 
Well, I, I guess there are many things that sit uncomfortably with me about, uh, about the term and the industry um, mm. because it's very, very varied. First of all, wellness is coming from a good place and a desire to help people literally feel mm. more well. Because of the way, again, that it's marketed and put out there, it, there's, I feel there's like an, a, a built-in smugness to the word. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm into wellness. You know, are, are you, you're not into wellness? You know, and somehow, you know, the rest of the world are get, is just getting life wrong. You know, and I'm, I'm actually into wellness, so I, that doesn't happen to me. You know, um, and... I, again, with the wellness industry, it, everyone is lumped in together, you know, and there are people who work with, you know, disadvantaged children for free to help them, you know, be less stressed at school and, and be in a position to, to learn more. That's the wellness industry. There's also massive, you know, pharmaceutical companies, you know, providing people with medicine and, and things. That's also the wellness industry. So... There, I think there, it's a very wide spectrum, and I guess some people view it all with a sense of cynicism. Mm. You know, we hear sometimes of wellness washing in the corporate world, and this is, you know, where they're cracking the whip and setting unrealistic deadlines and targets, and everyone's burnt out and stressed out, um, but then they wheel me in, you know, or, or somebody like me. Um, for an hour, you know, and y you think, well, they're, they're all on the verge of a nervous breakdown, but if we give them half hour of chair yoga, um, <laughs> you know, on their lunch break, suddenly they're all going to spring back into action and become, you've guessed it, even more productive, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I guess, you know, I do go into a lot of companies. Some of them you feel maybe that's what's happening. Others are genuinely trying to make a difference. There's companies that have very you know, useful things like mental health first aiders, mm -hmm. you know, people in the staff who are trained to be able to direct someone to the right thing and know what not to say if someone approaches them. And it gives people a safe space. You know, if that, for a lot of people, if you're struggling in work, it's terrifying because you as well as de dealing with the difficulties, you don't know who to speak to. And you think, you know, one conversation with the wrong person, you're not going to bring that up again for, could, mm. be, could be years, mm. you know, if you, get, if you get the wrong person. So that's why things like mental health first aiders are brilliant, that people know, okay, if, if the wheels start to come off, I can talk to, to Mary because, you know, she knows what to say or what to do or where to point me. So uh, some companies are... are you know, I have a lot going on, a lot of positive things happening. I guess for me, when I go in there, it's not up to me to wander up to the boardroom and go, how are we doing things in here, guys? <laughs> you know, turn the chair backwards and straddle it and go, let's blue sky some ideas on wellness here. Um, <laughs> See, I was going to book you, but I'm not going to book you. <laughs> You're just rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, was, uh, I was expecting that. Anyway, go on, carry on. Yeah. Uh, I guess for me, you know, whether I'm sitting with a bunch of nurses or teachers or teenagers or people working in a pharmaceutical plant or marketing people or solicitors or whatever it happens to be, they, I'm just always acutely aware they are people. They are all dealing with the same or similar stuff, you know, regardless of what they're doing every day. And I'm very lucky to be in their company for an hour or whatever it happens to be. And that's all I have control of. And if I can give them some techniques and tips to help them to navigate whatever stresses they're dealing with a little bit easier, then I'm, I'm grateful of the chance to do it. Brilliant. I, I should have said I will give you a chance to ask a couple of questions of, of Dermot in a minute. Um, so now that you've, you've learned all this stuff over the years, you learned not to have the, the gas and the brake at the same time, I'm hoping... How's life going on with uh, you know being self-employed and going to have to go out and get your business? How how's treating you? It's terrifying. <laughs> because you like to be out of your comfort zone. You said that earlier on. You like you like to be pushing yourself a little bit. Are you pushing yourself nicely at the moment? Um, I, I well, yeah, I'm always pushing myself, and and again, you know, I it's the, the foot on the gas and the brake. 
is something that I always have to work at, mm. you know, and particularly when you take away the safety net of a salary and, you know, you walk away from a, a, a really nice job, um, I'm even more prone to feeling like I'm not doing enough, mm. you know, and I think particularly if anyone is self-employed, you probably know that as well, that you're, there's never any point where you go, ah, that's everything done, you know. Um, <laughs> Time to watch every episode of Succession. Whoa! <laughs> you know, there's a, a constant, you know, morphing to-do list. And, you, and I guess I'm doing a lot of things that I'm not trained in, and I'm trying to navigate websites and these, all these things that I'm not particularly naturally good at. Um, but I guess, you know, you, I, I had a converse, two conversations really helped me make this decision, okay? One of them was with a good friend who just simply said, back yourself. And I was, I was like, well, what am I going to do with the thing and the money and the thing and the kids and the college? And, uh, and he's just like, back yourself. And I was like, annoyed, because that's just too easy. <laughs> um, but he was right. You know, why, why would you not back yourself? You know, um, you really would want to have a long, long, long list of awful failures before you hesitated to back yourself. Mm -hmm. So that was one that stuck with me. And interestingly enough, the other conversation I had that convinced me to do it, and I guess reminds me that I've made the right decision, regardless of how, of how challenging, and, and you know, even if I have wobbly days where I'm kind of questioning what I'm doing, um, was actually a conversation I was dreading, the one I was dreading having the most, and it was with my financial advisor. You know, because you think everyone else, of course, you know, I have a beautiful wife who's like really supportive and she's like going for it. And your mates are always going to say, back yourself. Go on, you can do it. We'll just slag the shit out of you at the, you know, the annual golf game next year. Um, but it, so that was a conversation I was dreading because I just thought he's going to show me a chart and it'll just say, you're an idiot. Get out. Um, and I said, look, how many, am I crazy here? How many people come into you? Because he does a lot of this. And how many people come into you and say, you know, I've made an awful mistake. You know, I, professional hammer throwing is not my thing. How do I get back into accountancy? You know, how many people come in going, I've, and he said, uh, let me check, none. And I was like, what? No one has ever come back into me and said, I should never have done this. It was terrible. I should never nice. have gone out on my own. should never have changed a career. Taken the financial risk. Shouldn't have done it. Nice. Uh, he said, but I'll tell you what I do have a lot of. And that is people coming in at a certain age, you know, going, I really wish I had done it. Yeah. I had a window. I nearly went for it but for whatever reason, and they're always valid reasons, I just didn't do it. So he said, that's all I'll tell you, you know. Yeah, brilliant. Well, best of luck with everything. It's, uh, I know you're going to do wonderfully. Uh, but you have a couple other things uh, coming up. Um, somebody laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to say it again. I think, I, I, oh I no, think sorry. she I, thought you didn't sound very convincing. I, there, I, I'm going to yeah. rewind this. Uh, uh, but I still luck with everything, anyway. <laughs> golf, golf shows, golf so shows. You're, you're golf shows. <laughs> you should have kept the job, you golf yeah. shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if mixing any, if the comedy uh, and meditation. You'd be better off as Indiana Jones, you <laughs> fucking idiot. Uh, well, if it's any consolation, I've been self-employed for 25 years, and if I can do it, you could definitely do yes, it. Yes, so. absolutely. Uh, so, no, best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> With everything. Fuck's sake. <laughs> we should have done this upstairs. It would have been much better chat. But you know what I have to say? Uh, there's a, a, a bunch of us, um, and I'm very, very grateful. And that's how I met you, was because we are all kind of in the same game and trying our best to navigate, a, I guess, a space that's you know, can be very challenging at times and is, you know, everyone's uh, taken a, a risk and, you know, having that support group and having people around you, you know, as my meditation teacher used to call it, the people who are in your front row, 
you know, who are the people rooting for you and, and want to see you do well. Mm. Sometimes it's worth, it's worth asking yourself that question. Who are the people, you know, in my life who are really in the front row? Mm. Like, cheering you on because yeah. sometimes we can realize actually i'm spending a lot of time with people who possibly aren't or maybe worse you know they're down the back doing the slow clap <laughs> <laughs> you know and maybe there are people in your life who absolutely are in your front row but you have <laughs> but you haven't seen them you know yeah. or maybe you just haven't picked up the phone you know and i think we need to make sure that our front rowers are close to hand you know because we need to hear that encouragement and, and definitely our our wonderful group of sparks as we, as uh, they've been called uh, they've been very been quiet really tonight i thought it'd be very heckling and stuff but obviously they didn't have enough to drink in the restaurant <laughs> it's just but the wellness industry they're all on valium <laughs> <laughs> but um so before uh, before we get a rowing micro uh, the rowing microphone out to the audience the last thing, so what's the future projects? I know you're doing all of this with the companies and you're going to bring the Mindful show back out again in Ireland and elsewhere. Are you going to the UK as well with it? Are you planning? Uh, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to bring it out of Ireland um, because I think it, it w would work outside of Ireland. And obviously, you, you know, when you do these, you want to reach as many people as you can. I guess the corporate stuff is nice, but what that does is it allows me, it hopefully will facilitate me to do the things um, for people outside of those companies, you know. And I want to do more free stuff online for people. Um, during COVID, I did a, a Sunday morning meditation on, on Instagram Live, which was just really something that I loved doing and just because life got busy again I had to stop that so those are the kind of things I want to bring back and I want to be able to to write more books and you know the, the mission is still the same it's to simplify this stuff to to make it accessible for people and do it in a fun way um, and so whatever um, whatever use of my talents I can you know I can put to work to do that I'll keep doing it brilliant and then And uh, are you doing a couple of more things? Are you going to climb uh, a little hill called the Kilimanjaro? Yes. When are you doing that? I'm doing that in January. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> um, You're yeah, not doing it on your own, are you? It's kind of, you know when you sign up to these things and you think, that's ages away. <laughs> By the time that comes around, I'll be really good at climbing. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess, you know, it came around at the right time because it was at the time when I was considering leaving. And, you know, there's no greater metaphor than a mountain, you know, to mm. test yourself, test your resolve um, and, and become, I guess, a symbol of your own uh, willingness to to go there, you know, and, and, and to, to take on something new and take on a challenge. So um, I'm bringing 20 meditators with me. Um, I met them in, in the recent weeks and uh, we did some some training around uh, Wicklow and down in beautiful Glendalough and uh, I got to meet them all and it's brilliant, all walks of life, all mm. ages and just uh, some of them have very personal reasons for doing it, others just want to do it, um, you know, because it's there, as the man says, so I'm really excited about that. And, uh, yeah, so we've been hiking which actually has turned out my sons are one in particular is really really into the hiking it, and, and it's just become this lovely thing that we can do together and nice. it gets his mind off the leaving cert and all that stuff so nice. it's actually uh, is a, he coming a, to Kilimanjaro product no he's not um unfortunately because i guess it's it's like the week before his mocks or possibly during them um, <laughs> i think i might be a bad parent for doing that or possibly the best dad in the world i'm not quite sure <laughs> Um, but yeah, hopefully, I, I would love to do something with him like that. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll use this as my kind of training one and then I'll take him to the next one. Brilliant. And for those people, we met somebody at the, the break that they really miss you, that you're not on the radio anymore. I believe you're going to give us your voice again somehow throughout. How are you going to deliver your voice from January onwards? Oh, jeez, I thought you were going to sing a song or something. I was ah, like. <laughs> 
I don't no, remember no, agreeing I to this. I would never ask you that. Bring the piano. Bring the piano. No, no. But you were... Somebody's just... Country road, <laughs> take me home. <laughs> no, you're, you're going to give us a new show. Where is that going to come out? Um, I have a podcast uh, because um, I was inspired by you. Ah, bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Uh, we'll, yeah, uh, go on. First uh, of January, it'll be launching. It's Mindful, the podcast. Um, so I guess I'm hoping to yeah, do, do the same thing, just offer people a place that they can learn a bit more about themselves and uh, learn a bit more about meditation and have a bit of a laugh. Brilliant. Mm. So if you haven't read the book, I genuinely recommend it. It's, it's a lovely read. It's a bit of fun. And there's a lot of really interesting uh, tools and techniques to use. So I'm not saying that because it's standing beside me or sitting beside me, but it's really good. So if anybody wants to ask a, a question, you, you have a couple of minutes and then we'll, we're going to let uh, Dermot get back on his four trains to get back home. <laughs> <laughs> Two camels. And <laughs> and an yeah, I can't see. So there's a there's a man here in the front. That it, somebody has the microphone. So one second, uh, Paul. There's a man. Sorry, not in the front. Uh, there's that row there. Is a man. If you could raise your hands again, please. Uh, there you go, Paul. Thank you. And um, yes, I can't see you, but uh, thank you. There thank you go. Um, uh, Dermot, I, <coughs> I used your book actually during my own. Uh, journey recently and it was really good so the breathing techniques and all that was very very helpful and I'm not 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 in that way mindfulness naturally um, um, especially my wife Mairead persuaded me to read it um, and so um, but I, I, I get that a lot yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of strategic leaving yeah, yeah, on the, yeah, yeah. On the, the nightstand uh, yeah. you know um, but I know it's just you are in a paradox yourself because you've gone from a safety net of a good job to you know working you know hand to mouth you know earning money as you can um, I, I came out here to be cheered up yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be all right it'll be all right trust yeah. me does anyone um, have train fare please yeah. pass the hat andrea yeah, yeah. but I, I, I just wondered. Um, I, I, I'm. I've also gone through that myself, but great um, to some degree. But um, I just. I just wondered what your thoughts were on that. That 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 flux from consistency to a completely new life. H how have you coped with that yourself? Have you just done that breathing technique lots? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that's. What's your name? Uh, Mark. Mark, lovely to meet you. Yeah, and, nice to meet you. Uh, thanks for coming, and thank you for your question. Um, you're spot on, you know, I guess for me when I was thinking about these things and getting all those fear-laden thoughts and that, you know, I, I'd always heard of the ego and, you know, that the ego can get loud at times and I have never heard it so loud in my mind as when I was planning to, to make the move because, as I said, it's the voice of all the voices of authority over the years and <clears throat> I remember being so freaked out by it that I, I wrote down, I just opened my laptop and wrote everything down. Um, and sometimes I go back and read it and it's, it's like really angry. Who do you think you are? You know, the word reckless kept coming up. This is reckless what you're doing. You have children. What are you doing? How are you going to pay for that? This was the voice that was, you know, coming, uh, I guess, you know, rattling around my head for many times. So it was a struggle. And, and, but part of me thought, do you know what? <clears throat> well, first of all, there's people who have their jobs changed without their consent you know, um, and that is not pleasant at all. At least mine is a decision, so I'm very fortunate that I'm doing that. Um, but for me, I felt, how can I go around and help people to, you know, lean into change and navigate change and, you know, <coughs> create, cultivate self-awareness if I'm not listening to any of my inner voices, you know, if I'm not listening to any of my gut feelings and I'm taking the safe road, then... I can't go out and start helping people and, you know, giving them, giving them advice in terms of how they're meant to navigate changes in their relationships or their location or their jobs or anything like that. So that was part of it. So I felt it was something that I, I needed to put my money where my mouth was, basically. Um, and there are times when I... Yesterday, I was in my kitchen and I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. 
going, why am I doing this? You know, my wife was like, because you wanted to do it and it's all going to work out and it's going to be fine. But of course I have those days. I've had 10 past three in the morning nights, you know. Um, I, the difference is this time around, I have those techniques and I lean into those more than I ever have, you know. Um, and that instability can be very uncomfortable and that not knowing and uncertainty and all those things that humans don't like. <clears throat> but at the other side, you know, there's freedom, there's time. Uh, as I said, it's my choice. So I guess to answer your question, Mark, I absolutely use my breathing techniques, you know, every single day, you know. Um, I've been putting up just little posts on my stories every day of a one-minute meditation on, on Instagram. And one of the reasons I'm doing that is because I'm also holding myself to account. And I'm also doing those meditations every day. Um, <clears throat> and again, leaning into the things that I know work. Because sometimes when we're really under stress, we actually lean away from the things that we know work. You know, if, you're get, if you get really busy or you have a lot of pressure, I guarantee you the first things that are going to start, you'll put a line through in your diary, are the meeting your best friend for a cup of coffee. You know, um, taking the afternoon off, going for that game of golf or that game of five-a-side or <clears throat> whatever it happens to be. It's the things, our natural de-stressors. They're the things that we sacrifice when we're busy. And actually, it's the other way around. We need to be leaning into the things that we know work for us. And even if you never did meditation, even if you've no interest in it, if you think it's a whole load of baloney, or maybe you just feel, you know, I just don't need it. I think I'm in a pretty good space. It's the natural de-stressors. We have to protect them. They're the things. And we all know, we could all write our own prescription, I think, for those times when we're really stressed. We know those things that work for us. It is picking up the phone to the best friend. It's a belly laugh with your pal, you know, mm. in work. Mm. It's going to the cinema by yourself. Yeah. It's taking that walk, whatever it is. And, and actually really protecting those, you know, like those movies where you see the pack of wolves, you know, protecting the, the kill. We need to be that way about those things in our diary that we know work for us, you know. Yeah, yeah as you know, my philosophy is about the one hour holiday. I have a one hour holiday every day, so mm. it works. That's my time off every day for the last six or seven years. So I go on a holiday every day for an hour, and it's wonderful. <laughs> and uh, it is. It's great, and it works. So my time is protected every day. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But anyway, I'll tell you about that another day. Yeah. Uh, does somebody want to ask a question then yes. in the back? Hi. Owen. Um, Owen, yeah. Um, how are you guys? Listen, it's been an amazing evening. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for Thank both you. of you. Um, I have a question, I suppose, around this idea um, that we're always really busy and that now is a different time to before. And I'm not, I know we were talking about it earlier, you guys were talking about it, and it's not just you're saying it, everybody's sort of saying, oh my God, it's so busy, so busy. And I suppose my question is around, is drawing on your archeological experience, um, <laughs> is one of the things I think that feeds into an anxiety for people is that now is a more stressful time than ever before. And I just don't think it is. Um, I think it's stressful. Um, but I remember growing up in the 70s and there was 17% um, inflation, uh, uh, on in inflation and mortgage payments were huge and stuff like that. I'm just wondering is, I suppose, I, I'm not even clear about my own question. I suppose one of the things <laughs> is there is so much anxiety and this idea that now is so hard and so difficult. Um, that that adds to an anxiety. And I, don't, I think that's unnecessary. I think <clears throat> life has always been challenging. Um, drawing on my own uh, historical references being Braveheart, um, there was, uh, on the first night of somebody's marriage, the wife was taken away um, with, with the Lord. That must have been pretty shit for both the... <laughs> both the <laughs> what, particularly what? for the wife, I'd have to say. Um, <laughs> But not I think a, the Lord was okay with it. <laughs> I think, I think of the three. Yes, definitely Owen, the Lord. Owen, probably sorry, came what out. is the question? So the question. <laughs> seriously, what is the question? Are we going to? Are we going to accept? Can we accept that now is not particularly different to previous times, but we're just we have more tools, we have more information around how to overcome stuff. You know, 
you know, I, I, I do think it adds <laughs> in to an anxiety. If we take away that part of it that now is not that much different than before, I think that would help us. It's the human condition. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and the world... But you tell Andrea, he hasn't a clue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but despite, you know, what the news tells us, that the world has never been safer, uh, you know, for cool. you going to the shops or visiting, you know, Bray doesn't come down with a load of swords, you know, and attack you, although possibly <laughs> uh, <laughs> on a bank holiday weekend, uh, they might have a, have a go at it. Um, but again, it feeds into, I guess, this busyness, this sense of busyness. And I guess, you know, we can talk ourselves into busyness. We can, we can keep throwing fuel on the fire with, the, oh my God, don't talk to me, mad busy, flat out. You know, but, and again, we can start to create those elements of space in our day and, and actually push back a little bit against that sense of busyness and, and carve out that time. Um, but I, I guess, you know, and, and there can be a lot of hand-wringing about oh, the world's awful. And again, the, the, you know, the news feeds, the, the, it's, it's horrendous at the moment to, to look at that. But we've never had so much news available to us. We just didn't have that in the 70s and 80s, that access to, we didn't know what was happening in a lot of the parts of the world. <clears throat> now we know every conflict, we have it in, in like horrendous detail, you know, by news feeds that are designed to, to activate our stress response and raise our cortisol levels. And they want us tucking into that first thing in the morning. Yes, we have to stay informed, you know, and it's not that we walk around with our heads in the sand. And I think that's a, that's quite a dilemma that a lot of people have at the moment is, how do I navigate this? I, you know, I don't want to just ignore what's happening in Gaza. I don't want to just put my head in the, in the clouds or the sand. But also, like, our nervous systems are not set up for the 24-hour news feed, you know, and mm -hmm. that will play into how anxious we feel. And there are people really anxious at the moment and who can't sleep because of the state of the world, yeah. never mind what's happening in their lives, you know. So... I guess it's about, again, creating that space. You can stay informed with the news, but do you need to look at it the minute your eyes open? Yeah. Probably not. Do you need to keep checking in on it and have notifications on your phone telling you about the next massacre? Probably not. You know. Yeah. Uh, two more questions. A lady in the back here, and then one in the front, and then we're done. Hi. Hi, Dermot. Um, Hi, I just said if I always got the opportunity to say this to you, I would say it. So back in... Uh-oh. <laughs> back... No, no. <laughs> Here we go. Well, what nightclub was We're it? not going that direction. <laughs> what year? Back in a school disco. No, not. Yeah. Um, well, the back, Eagles outside. Back the time of COVID, when COVID started, I remember pre-COVID, I, I listen every day and I still listen to Dave. He's great. Um, he is. <laughs> and Dave. <laughs> and but uh, yeah, I remember the, the month pre-COVID when all the lockdowns were happening in Wuhan and, you know, you had great humour about it. You were like, that's not going to happen here, you know, and it's like, bam, four weeks later, you know, everyone's yes. like in lockdown. And uh, I think I refer to it as a bad cold. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I still remember that moment. I was well, if, if Dermot's saying it, that it's not going to happen, you know. Um, and then to take it to a more serious note, we lost our mother-in-law, my, my, my husband's mother, about four weeks in. Sorry, oh. very suddenly at 67. And I had a 20 month, I had a, well, he's 13 months at the time, 30 month old, and I was pregnant with twins. And I just wanted to say that you guys like got me through that time. So like when you talked about meditation and laughter, sorry, I don't mean to get upset. When you talk about meditation and laughter, laughter is so therapeutic, so therapeutic. So every morning I look forward to that three hours and my son was in the background, we were playing games, but I was just having my own adult laughs and time and dancing to the songs he played and all the rest. So I just want to say thank you for that. And also that we really miss you. <laughs> and uh, we love Dave, but we really miss you. And is there anything you miss about the show? Like you miss about being, I know you've got this podcast coming, which is great. I'm going to be listening. But um, is there anything you miss about the show, about being on the radio every day? What's her name? Noreen. Noreen. Uh, first of all, thank you so much. Um, and, you know, I'm so sorry that that was a very difficult time for you and for so many other people. Um, and one of the things, I guess, that came out of it and certainly was amplified for me leaving was that you have an amazing sense of, of gratitude for, for the position that, that we had and that I had. 
and that we were able to be in people's homes during that really weird time and challenging time for so many people. So that's something that I'm very grateful for and, uh, and very aware of. So thank you for, for sharing that. Um, what do I miss? I miss the crack, you know. Uh, I miss um, just going into that room, that mad room, uh, for a few hours and just being able to go, blah, and come up with ideas and say mad things. And you know, <clears throat> that's what I miss. And obviously, I miss the connection with all the wonderful listeners, you know, because they do become your, your family, you know, and you want to share things with them and let them know what's happening in your own life. And we did share an awful lot, you know. Very little we kept to ourselves, so... I guess I miss that relationship, you know, with, with the listeners. And, uh, it's really funny because it keeps kind of Dermot's response being here. Probably, God's sake, Dave. Uh, stop talking about not washing your legs in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I miss the free stuff. I really miss the free stuff. Noreen, I might suggest a demotion to Rob and Laura in the morning. Are hey, you you go, she got the plug <laughs> in. Time, I'm fairly shite, but listen. Um, hi, how's it going? How oh, are yeah. you? It's oh, good great. to see you, and I really enjoyed tonight, lads. Really Thank good. You. Yeah. Um, back to the Marlboro Lights and the booze, because mm. um, I'm sober tonight for In the Whale for the first time ever, possibly, and I still enjoy myself, <laughs> which is great. That's a good sign. But is there no booze now? Like, what's the crack with the booze? Are we... Is there no... Is it gone? Can I just say, that's it. That's I'm the most Irish question I've heard. What's the crack <laughs> with the booze? Are we talking zero, zilch, no? I have to be very careful how I answer the question because yeah. I can lose the Sorry, respect. Sorry, don't... Of, yeah. um, not you. I'm just wondering because yeah. obviously we all try and, you know, narrow it down and just start on a Thursday, not Friday and all that. But, like, what are we taught? It Does it need to, to, you know... Would you be able to do both now? That's what I'm saying. Uh, I still do from time to time. But I would be super choosy about when I do it. Your drink. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, I'm not particularly good at it, and it makes me feel awful. So, again, I still have that little bit of cognitive dissonance around alcohol in that <clears throat> I know it doesn't... Well, I, for me, it's kind of like fear juice. And that if, if it doesn't take much for the optimism, fizzy excitement for the future to just be dulled... You know, and I guess after lots of meditation, you have, you realize that when you have a drink and you feel that kind of numbing happening, you're like, oh, no, I actually preferred the fizzy normal, you know. Where, so I guess the reasons for, for drinking changed quite dramatically. But for instance, I was in Las Vegas two weeks ago with my wife, and we went over to see you too, and we met up with a couple of party pals who had moved there over to the States. Um, and I did have a few drinks over there, you know? And uh, before that, it was m months. So I guess I, in, I would prefer, like many of us, to be able to just, to just never drink again, you know? I think I'm certainly heading in that direction. Like, I was a, I don't think I was an alcoholic, but I was certainly a passionate drinker. <laughs> You know, and I, I knew that it was a destructive force in that it just, the longer you spend off it, the more protective you get around that version of yourself, you know, and you realize that you're, <clears throat> you're just less anxious and less frightened of things, you know, you get more excited about the future, a bit more playful and, and you, you have that, that thing about, oh, I'm more fun when I'm drinking and you're, you're actually not. You know, like you're you're more fun. You might be hilarious for twenty minutes, you know, um, but then you're crap for three days, you know. And and certainly for me, it's the payoff. It's a terrible deal, you know. You're like, okay, I'll have a couple of pints for a few hours. And then I'm going to feel like crap and miserable for a couple of days. And literally, I will feel terrible for days. And it doesn't take much for me to do that. So it's not something that I, <coughs> I particularly want to do much of. Um, but to answer your question, from time to time, you know, but I guess the reasons for doing it <coughs> are very different. And I still know at some level I don't need it, you know. No Thank pints you. afterwards before we head home. No pints tonight, no. Okay. no. Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, listen, 
first of all, thank you very much for all the wonderful questions, and I'm sure you have more, but um, I hope you agree it was well worth uh, getting to know this fella here. He came all the way from the north side, so <laughs> a huge thanks to Dermot Willem. Nam Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for being amazing. Thanks, Emilia. Thanks, Emilia. Thank you. Good night. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dermot Whelan live at the Whale Theatre in Greystones. If you did, please subscribe, share and review. It would be much appreciated. Visit socialfabric.ie for more information and more episodes. Thank you. Sunny day.